The podcast is back. The podcast is back. Happy Tuesday, joggers. It's just another white guy's podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along for the ride one more time. So this week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. I Sunday, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for this week's episode, I was trying to figure out guests or who might be available and that sort of stuff. And I had a really bad headache all day. And I watched the early windows of the NFL games. And I watched Tiger win, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this broadcast. Uh, but then I just, like, the ibuprofen wasn't cutting it, so I decided I needed to go take a nap. And then I slept for, like, four and a half hours. So basically, all of Sunday evening was a wa- was a loss. And I got up today, finally felt better after another round of sleep, and just wasn't feeling the podcast. I was like, uh, what am I going to do? And that, in the past, is where I would have packed it in and just said, you know what, uh, you know... I've done a few in a row. That's good. You know, whatever. I can I can miss a week. And I'm trying to get that kind of thinking out of my brain. So I decided that instead of doing that, instead of trying to scramble for a last second guest or ask Nikki and make her feel like she's just the guest because I couldn't find anybody else because that's not fair to her. I decided to challenge myself and challenge myself to do a podcast by myself where I put together a couple of segments that hopefully you don't think suck and put together the show. So I have three separate segments in this show. They're going to be, the first segment is about John Jones and the news coming down about his suspension. That's a UFC story for those of you that don't know who John Jones is. The second segment is going to be about NFL Sunday and Tiger Woods. And then the third segment is going to be uh, what I call nerd news, which is just me talking about some of the nerdy stuff that I like and news that came out about that today or last week. So that's what I did. And I did it all this afternoon or on Monday afternoon. And I just, I'm proud of myself for getting it done and putting it together and getting it out for you guys to listen to instead of just saying that not putting one out was okay. Cause it's not because I have money invested into this podcast. I have the equipment. I have the the different times that I've spent money to uh, have a place to house the podcast and all that sort of stuff. I don't make money to do this podcast. I do this podcast because it's a way for me to put my thoughts out there. And quite honestly, not nearly as many people listen to it as I would hope. Um, but that's okay. You know, I, a lot of that is my fault. Uh, I do. I start and stop, and and don't. And I'm not consistent with it. So I've probably missed a few different opportunities to build my audience. So I take full responsibility for that. But that is no longer an excuse for me to not do podcasts. So that is what we did this week. So those uh, those segments will be coming up for you. And I hope that you learn something, or you enjoy it, or it helps. Uh, you pass some time on your day. With that being said, let us get to this week's episode of Just Another White Guys Podcast. with some conversation about this whole John Jones UFC thing. For those of you that know me, I'm sure most of you are aware that I love UFC. I love combat sports. I love pro wrestling. 
I go way back with UFC. I remember when I first saw the first fight that I ever saw was UFC 1. I picked up the video at the video store. It was on a VHS tape. Some of you may not even know what a VHS tape is. That's how long ago this is. I love the sport, but I got to tell you, I'm really close to being out on this whole Dana White UFC thing. And the John Jones not being suspended for four years is is what's pushing me to my breaking point. For those of you that don't know, John Jones um, was suspended for steroid use, alleged steroid use, and the McLaren Global Sports Solutions ruled on September 13th that John Jones' suspension for testing for the steroid turnaball on July 28, 2017, the day before a fight with Dan Cormier, would be just 15 months. Now, this contradicts USADA's guidelines for a second suspension, which is supposed to be 48 months or four years. This means that John Jones is eligible to fight again on October 28th because the, expen- the suspension is retroactive to the date of the violation. This comes to this. This is a surprising uh, turn of events for people that haven't really paid attention. But according to uh, the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, The news is not really a surprise to those in the UFC. Uh, Officials inside the organization have hinted for months that Jones would be fighting before the end of the year. Now, he is eligible to fight for the Madison Square Garden show that comes up on November 3rd, which does not have an announced main event. However, UFC's Dana White has said that John Jones will not be fighting on that show. This is continually frustrating for me because, like I said... I've loved UFC for a long time. I've spent a lot of my own money on UFC, purchasing pay-per-views, actually going to events. Um, I've been to two UFC shows. I went to a numbered UFC pay-per-view event in Dallas. I went to a UFC fight night in Tulsa and enjoyed it. I love UFC, or at least I used to. The last few years, UFC has had so many i mean it's almost every single weekend that there's a ufc show so it's hard to keep track they are not protective of their uh, world champions or their championship belts they will come up with an interim fight for a belt for no reason have the fight give the guy a belt and then before he fights again they'll take that belt away i understand ufc needs to drive revenue the new owners of ufc WME IMG purchased uh, UFC for $4 billion from the Fertitta brothers, and they have a debt that they have to service. They need big fights that drop pay-per-view numbers. And this year, they haven't done that. There's no Brock Lesnar, who's in WWE. There's no Ronda Rousey, who's in WWE. Daniel Cormier is a fantastic fighter, a great guy, but is not a great pay-per-view draw. They know that they have two pay-per-view draws. One is Conor McGregor, who turned his running of his mouth, cocky, brash image into a super fight in a boxing ring with Floyd Mayweather and was a huge revenue-driving fight, turned himself into a global superstar for good and for bad, but Conor McGregor is a superstar. And we're going to see how that pays off for UFC next weekend when he has a main event against Khabib Nurmagomedov. UFC officials have said that that fight is trending to be Maybe a two million buy fight, which would be incredible and would be all based on Conor McGregor. UFC also feels that the only other star that draws, and to an, to, to an extent, they are absolutely correct. John Jones is a star who draws buy rates. However, in my opinion, 
John Jones is a terrible person with a flawed background who is fake as fuck. And I bought into the hype. I I was on the John Jones bandwagon early. He came into the sport, the young, brash, super talented, like like fucking Michael Jordan, just coming in and, and tearing things up. TKO Shogun Hua on sh- on a short notice fight becomes the champion, overnight sensation. But John Jones has a history and a litany of issues in his background and ufc has bent over backwards to protect john jones so what i want to do is kind of talk through some of the issues and not even talk through them but just go through a list of john jones issues john jones just four months after his mma debut competes in the ufc for the first time in 2008 august of 2008 to be exact january of 2009 john jones decided for an unsafe passing while driving a vehicle with his girlfriend and a young child in Ithaca, New York, allegedly striking a car attempting to make a left turn. There were no injuries. It was not deemed to be his fault. It was also a minor accident. As we talked about, Jones steadily climbs the UFC rankings, ends up becoming the youngest champion in UFC history when he TKO Shogun, TKO Shogun Hua at UFC 128. Legend has it that the morning of that fight, he also foiled a robbery attempt in Patterson, New Jersey. Later that year, on November 24th, Jones decided for loss of traction while pulling into an Albuquerque strip club. The Bentley that Jones was driving was towed and Jones was taken into custody once officers on the scene learned that Jones was driving on a suspended license. Those charges were eventually dropped. May 19th, 2012, Jones is involved in a minor accident when he crashes his Bentley into into a utility pole in Binghamton, New York after a night of partying with two female passengers in the vehicle, neither of which are his wife. Jones is uninjured, taken into custody after refusing to take a sobriety test and two months later is issued a $1,000 fine and has his driver's license suspended for six months. August 8th, 2012, John Jones becomes the first UFC athlete to land a worldwide sponsorship deal with Nike. So we already have a few incidents. But now Nike has decided to put its money behind John Jones. UFC at this time is beginning to really take off. And UFC announces just a couple of weeks later that UFC 151, it's a pay-per-view scheduled for September 1st, has been canceled after John Jones refuses to fight Chael Sonnen on short notice. After his original opponent, Dan Henderson, withdraws due to an injury. It's the first time that UFC has ever canceled an entire event. John Jones receives the bulk of the blame for this incident. One month later, I'm sorry, one year later, uh, John Jones wins a unanimous decision over Alexander Gustafson. August 4th, 2014, John Jones gets into a brawl with Daniel Cormier at a press event for UFC 178 in a Las Vegas hotel. September 23rd, 2014, John Jones is fined $50,000 by the Nevada State Athletic Commission and handed out 40 hours of community service for his role in the Cormier brawl. January 3rd, John Jones wins the grudge match with Cormier in the main event of UFC 182. Three days later, John Jones checks into rehab facility after it's revealed he tested positive for cocaine metabolites during an out-of-competition drug screening prior to UFC 182. He stays in rehab for all of one day. January 17, 2015, the UFC finds John Jones $25,000 for violating its athlete code of conduct policy after the failed drug test. Just four months later, John Jones turns himself into Albuquerque police after a hit-and-run incident that leaves a pregnant woman injured. John Jones fled from the scene and marijuana was found in the vehicle. John Jones is stripped of the UFC title and suspended indefinitely the next day. 
September 29th, 2015, John Jones pleads guilty to a charge of leaving the scene of an accident involving injury. He avoids jail time, but is required to serve up to 18 months of supervised probation. Just one month later, the UFC reinstate John Jones after the company lawyers review the fighter's plea agreement. March 29, 2016, John Jones is booked into county jail in Albuquerque for violating probation. He is accused of drag racing and given five citations. March 31st, 2016, John Jones is ordered to take anger management and driver improvement classes for violating his probation. April 23rd, 2016, John Jones returns to competition, defeating Ovin St. Pru at the main event of UFC 197, winning the interim 205-pound title in the process. July 6, 2016, John Jones is flagged by USADA for a potential doping violation and is pulled from UFC 200 main event with Cormier. The very next day, John Jones holds a press conference in Las Vegas and denies cheating and his manager announces that they will appeal the failed test. November 7, 2016, John Jones is issued a one-year ban from USADA retroactive to the July 6 test. This decision was rendered one week after a lengthy evidentiary hearing. John Jones was initially facing a two-year suspension. So here we are in 2016. After a litany of other issues, John Jones is given special treatment once again and dropped from a two-year suspension to a one-year suspension. Two days later... John Jones is stripped of the interim title by the UFC. November, I'm sorry, December 15th, 2016, the Nevada State Athletic Commission officially announces the one-year suspension retroactive to July 6th, mirroring the punishment doled out by USADA. July 29th, 2017, John Jones defeats Cormier for uh, UFC 214 by a third-round knockout, breaks down in tears following the impressive victory. August 22, 2017, John Jones is flagged by USADA and notified of a potential violation of the UFC's anti-doping policy stemming from a July 28th drug screening following the UFC 214 weigh-ins. The anabolic androgenic steroid Turnabal found in his system, Jones' manager declares they want to have samples tested again. USADA confirms the B sample from the failed 2002 UFC 214 test matches the A samples. September 13, 2017, California State Athletic Commission decides to overturn Jones's UFC 2014 win, and Cormier uh, is given the, 2005, the 205 championship back, and the fight is changed to a no contest. So that's what? We just spent the last seven minutes it took me to go through all of that. Are you noticing that there's a pattern and an issue here? UFC has covered up for John Jones in the past. It continues to cover up for him now. The California State Athletic Commission failed to rule uh, in any time frame on the Jones suspension. It allowed USADA to make the ruling. USADA cut 30 months off of its own guidelines of 48 months, even though Jones had no explanation as to how the steroid got into his system the day before his championship fight with Daniel Cormier. USADA... Gave Jones a break, apparently because he turned state evidence in some form. This was not disclosed in the report. And in the end, John Jones has only been tested once in 2018, despite the prior track record. A track record of drug use, both performance enhancing and street drugs. He's only been tested one time in 2018. Now, the normal rule of thumb, you would think, would be, hey, this guy's been accused and found to have used drugs 
often with little or no regard to the rules. Shouldn't we test him more? You would think so, but obviously that's not the case. In fact, he was only tested once after it came out in the media that he hadn't been tested at all in 2018. The arbitrator then rules that another three months from the suspension should be taken off based on the belief that John Jones didn't knowingly use steroids. With no evidence of such other than John Jones's word, when it comes to drug testing, I feel like you can't just take the word of someone that has a track record of using drugs. He's been flagged twice for PEDs. He's had other issues with drugs. Why would he get the benefit of the doubt? It makes no sense. Also, he has a reputation of dishonesty. And in this case, they took someone's word with a long track record of problems and took that over science. What's notable that this came even with the admission to USADA that he has continued to use cocaine and other street drugs after last summer. So since he has been suspended, he has used drugs. Now, those are not suspendable offenses. He can use drugs out of competition, but it's also shown a pattern of a fighter not being clean. These statements also contradict things that John Jones has said in the past where he hasn't used these drugs anymore. All of this is very frustrating and just shows that they continue to bend over backwards for him. The argument that it wasn't Tyranobol in his system, but just the M3 metabolite is one of the things that's been going around. The M3 metabolite that was found in his system is generally associated with Tyranobol, but it, but it doesn't mean that it was Tyranobol. It only means that it could have been one of four other steroids. However, it still indicates steroid use. McLaren wrote in their report, John Jones has gone through a great deal of difficulties, and he gave me the very distinct impression that he has learned a lot from the loss of the image of himself that he had as a champion MMA fighter. He has been humbled and humiliated by the experience, but has learned from his misfortune. He needs the opportunity to regain his dignity and self-esteem. So, a fighter with a track record of drawing big fight numbers, but a track record of PED usage, street drug usage, lying, deserves the benefit of the doubt because he has learned from his misfortune and deserves the opportunity to regain his dignity and his self-esteem. I'm fine with that. Sure, he deserves to, re- to regain his dignity and self-esteem. But you know what else he deserves? He deserves a four-year suspension from fighting. There are other ways for him to regain his dignity and his self-esteem other than giving him the chance to fight for millions and millions of dollars. I can't abide by this. I can't respect Dana White and the UFC for allowing this to happen for USADA, who is supposed to be protecting the sport who is supposed to be cleaning up a sport that for years and years had dirty fighters in it. We've seen over the last few years since USADA has taken over, a number of people that were at the top of the game with impressive physiques and impressive fighting ability stumble and fall, and in some cases no longer even relevant in UFC. So they've done some good. However, if you do some looking into some cases, like that of Josh Barnett, that of Tom Lawler, you see that USADA does not dole out punishment even-handedly. 
while I love UFC, I don't think that I can ever spend any of my money on UFC anymore. I just don't see how I can do it. How can I, in good faith, spend my money on these fights while being told that some people are allowed to fight on one playing field and others aren't? Daniel Cormier has been tested a multitude of times this year. Has been tested tons of times throughout his fighting career, throughout his history in the Olympics. Never a hint of an issue. And yet his legacy is tarnished by losses to John Jones that most likely John Jones was under the influence of some sort of PED. Now, he could be taking PEDs and not necessarily having a direct benefit in that fight, but PEDs can have different effects on different people. He could use it for recovery. He could use it to allow him to train harder. There's a lot of different things that could happen. And that doesn't take away from the fact that John Jones is a skilled mixed martial artist. He is a bad motherfucker, but he's also a cheater. And I won't spend any more money to watch John Jones fights. And that's just my opinion. I think people should do what they want to do. And if you have this knowledge and you go, hey, I don't care that he cheats. I just want to see him fight. That's totally fine. That's, that's, that's your call. But for me, this is a continual pattern of just being there to try to get the money. And I don't wish to give an organization money when I know that that's what they're there for. That's just me. More after this. More importantly, he knew what he was talking about. So, uh, did anything else happen sports-wise over the weekend? I, I don't know. Did did you guys did you notice anything? I don't, I don't think anything major happened of any. Oh yeah, Tiger Woods won a fucking golf tournament. Hell yes. So, Tiger Woods caps off the biggest comeback for the golf for golf's biggest superstar and finally wins a golf tournament. The last one of the year, Tiger Woods is the winner at the Tour Championship, capping off what is really a remarkable comeback when you consider where he was a year ago. Like literally at this time a year ago, Tiger was just given the okay to go ahead and start doing chipping and putting. Like not taking full swings, but just being able to chip and putt. So for him to make it into, just to even make it into this field to where he is top 30 in the FedEx Cup standings to have a chance to play in this tournament, to go on and win the whole thing, pretty pretty freaking awesome. Tiger's going to be on the World Cup, uh, I'm sorry, the Ryder Cup team uh, that goes to France uh, and plays for the Ryder Cup this weekend. So huge uh, news for the golf world. It was Tiger's 80th PGA Tour victory. He went out, took the lead on on Thursday, and never really looked back. Had a amazing front nine on Saturday where he was just destroying the course and uh, built himself a cushion and really just kind of rode out the win. Um, he didn't have a great back nine yesterday, uh, shot a 71, uh, but he had enough of a lead and everyone behind him kind of started to drop off and, uh, he made it happen. Tiger himself said just 18 months ago, he thought that he was done with the game of golf. He couldn't get up off the couch. Um, couldn't really do anything. So the, uh, the greatest golfer in the world has returned to the top of uh, the pedestal. Now what's interesting is, um, Justin Rose, uh, won the FedEx Cup 
which is uh, the championship for the uh, PGA Tour playoffs. They kind of build to the, I don't, for those of you that don't pay attention to golf, they kind of build and earn points throughout the whole year. Then you get to the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's four tournaments. Uh, Justin Rose actually missed the cut of the first tournament, but then finished second, uh, had back-to-back second-place finishes uh, to move himself into second place uh, in the standings. And then by making a birdie on the final hole to get into, I believe, third place, uh, secured himself the FedEx uh, Cup and uh, a tidy sum of $10 million for doing that. What's interesting is had Justin Rose not uh, made a birdie on the last hole, uh, Tiger Woods actually would have won not only the Tour Championship, but the FedEx Cup. So this t- this uh, snaps a five-year drought for Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour. Uh, once again, the 80th PGA Tour victory, second most all-time. More than 1,800 days between wins for Tiger Woods. So what does this mean going forward for Tiger? Next year sets up pretty awesome. Of course, like I mentioned, they have the Ryder Cup this weekend. And then the format or the schedule for the PGA Tour has changed. Typically, the season's majors ended in August with the PGA Championship. The PGA Championship is now moving to May, so it's going to be the Masters in April, the PGA in May, the U.S. Open in June, the British Open or the Open Championship uh, in July, and then the FedEx Cup playoffs in September, uh, excuse me, in August, which is really a good idea for... The PGA Tour itself because you're moving yourself out of September back into August for your uh, tour playoffs. You're getting out of the first few weekends of football. You're getting into that dog days of summer where people are kind of starting to pay attention to baseball, but not really. Pennant races are just kind of starting to heat up, but you're going to miss uh, the the first couple weekends of football where you're not competing for as much of an audience. So it should be interesting. And of course, if you look at the schedule of the major events, all golf courses that Tiger has won on, the Masters, of course, always at Augusta National. The U.S. Open this year is going to be at Pebble Beach. But before that, he travels to New York and takes on Beth Page Black. So lots of fun could have if tiger could somehow keep this streak rolling playing this great golf who knows could we see tiger return i mean no one thought i shouldn't say no one a lot of people thought that he would never win again a lot of people thought he would never be competitive on tour again let's put those naysayers to the side now that he has a win has that little chip off his shoulder could he possibly break through and get a major who knows but i know one thing is for sure i will be watching because i have a lot of time and emotion wrapped up in tiger i believe i mentioned on one of the first episodes back uh on this season of the podcast that i had listened to a biography on tiger woods and it kind of made me hate him but it also gave me some insights into who he is as a person and i kind of had a better understanding of why he is the way he is and while some of it was frustrating some of it was sad. Some of it was disappointing. I, I can't lie. Winning winning cures all, but I can't forget a lot of the shitty stuff, stuff that he did. But he's trying to make himself a better person. 
Hopefully, he can stay on track with his life. I'm excited that he won. I'm more excited that he appears to be happy, healthy, drug-free. And so, you know, we love a comeback story. So to see Tiger Woods back on top at the Tour Championship and the swarm of people walking up that 18th fairway was really something to see. So congratulations to Tiger Woods back on top of uh, a PGA tournament. So what else happened? Any uh, anything uh, anything weird happened for any of my Vikings fans that are listening? Funny a funny thing happened on the way to LA this coming Thursday. Buffalo Bills come to US Bank Stadium and just roll. What the hell is that? It's kind of a weird kind of a weird NFL Sunday. You had Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with uh, what is now a confirmed torn ACL. I mean, I guess we should have known that it was going to be a weird week when the Browns finally won in the way that they did. Baker Mayfield comes in off the bench, leads a comeback. Very weird NFL Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs continue to roll. I still just reading this score, 27 to 6 Buffalo wins in Minneapolis is really hard to believe. Uh locally here for those of us that live in Houston, Texans not off to a good start, 0-3 to start the season. Got to think that uh, changes could be coming there. The Washington professional football team holds on and, and actually kind of puts a little, of a little bit of a beating on the Green Bay Packers. The John Gruden area, Drew, John Gruden area in uh, Oakland not off to a good start as uh, the Miami Dolphins pick up the win as Oakland travels across country and, and loses. Uh, Florida teams in the NFL continue to do well, although Jacksonville uh, only manages to put up six points at home against Tennessee while only giving up nine. So I don't know. It's weird. But uh, I would definitely say if if you're a a fan of a team that's not doing well and you're looking for some entertainment for this year, I highly recommend watching the Saints. I highly recommend watching the Rams. And I highly recommend watching the Chiefs. Um, any, any other weird, Hmm. Was there, was there any other weird? Oh, that's right. The Detroit lions beat the Patriots. What Patriots not looking that great right now. Obviously it's September. Sometimes Patriots just do this. They don't get off the strong starts, but, uh, other than Gronk, they don't really just seem to have any playmakers and that's going to be tough for Tom Brady to overcome. So an interesting sports weekend for sure. And, uh, this is been the sports 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 portion of uh, just another white guys podcast we're gonna do something else fun we're gonna talk a little nerd news coming up right after this more importantly he knew what he was talking about so let's talk a little nerd news shall we those of you that are regular listeners to the program know that i enjoy many things that are nerdy. I don't delve too deep into too many nerd things. I kind of stay like I'm kind of a mainstreamy nerd. I like Marvel. I like DC. I like pro wrestling and those sorts of nerdy things. I don't get too down and deep with uh, a lot of stuff, but I do have, I, I am obsessed a little bit right now with Marvel movies. Um, I've seen infinity wars probably nine times in total and bits and pieces of it. Many other times, 
I've, I've said before, but like the first 20 minutes of that movie, I can watch over and over again. And every time uh, Thor uh, ends up with uh, Stormbreaker and uses the uh, powers to end up on Wakanda, that scene in the movie, when you, uh, like, seriously, like, I get chills just thinking about it. I absolutely, like, that's 10 years of build of these universes all starting to pay off, and it's, it's all great. Infinity Wars I, is, is so rewatchable. Um, I, I love that movie dearly even with the way things end because we know the the uh everything's coming back around so to tie into that we got uh the first trailer for captain marvel and i'm so excited for this movie uh the trailer looks awesome it's it's set in the 90s and the one of the first shots in the trailer is uh the front of a blockbuster video to really just kind of Oh, okay. So we're definitely in the, in the times of a video store, and the movie just looks great. The, well, the trailer looks great, and how they're gonna bring this character character into the universe, and how she plays uh, into uh, the fourth installment of Avengers, I think will be really interesting. And this spring, we'll start to get some of those answers with Captain Marvel and then moving into Avengers 4, which we still don't have a title for. Quite frankly, I'm fine to not know the title uh, until I see the movie. I don't care what the title is. I'm actively avoiding any information about it. You're constantly seeing uh, stories go up about, oh, this is a spoiler. Could this have been spoiled? Could this have happened? Not listening to any of it. I don't want to know. I just know that it's going to be awesome because we have 10 years of evidence that what Kevin Feige and Marvel are doing is awesome so i'm excited for that speaking of marvel there are some tv news for marvel uh one of the stories that came out last week is that uh marvel is doing its own over-the-top uh television service so they're going to be launching standalone shows on this streaming service so basically it's going to be like a disney netflix which is going to be all kinds of different stuff disney streaming service uh is going to have uh, a live-action Star Wars series directed by John Favreau. They're looking at doing a Monsters Inc. adaptation for a TV show to go along with their partnership that they already have, where they're interconnected universe with Daredevil and Jessica Jones on Netflix. The big news that came out per Variety is that Marvel is planning to launch various new standalone limited series on the streaming service using popular characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, what's big about this? The report says the separate shows centered on Loki and Scarlet Witch are in development with Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen likely to be reprising their roles. So that means we're going to get a limited series with Tom Hiddleston playing Loki and with Elizabeth Olsen playing Scarlet Witch, their own live-action TV shows, standalone, apart from the movies, we're going to get more Hiddleston as Loki, which, I mean, you know what we say to that? There's only one thing to say to that. Take my money! That's a take my money situation if I've ever heard one. Kevin Feige, of course, will be in on this. He is really the man who has made all of this possible hands-on development although he will be working in association with jeff Loeb, who runs marvel tv so we'll see what happens um feige is in an interesting place now for a long time he had to go through uh basically like a board of people that he had to answer to over at marvel and he basically went around all of that and now he reports directly to alan horn it was a creative committee that he felt was stifling 
what could be great projects. Since Kevin Feige has gotten rid of having to report to Ike Perlmutter, who is the Marvel Entertainment CEO, we've gotten Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and Infinity War. Probably three of the top six or seven of the movies, in my opinion. So... Kevin Feige, with all of the tools at his disposal, is just going out and killing it. So, we're going to get those two shows? Does that mean we could see, I don't know, could we get a Falcon show? Could we get a Hawkeye show? Could we get a Mantis show? I mean, anything is possible once you start talking about doing these limited series. If the series are popular, and I can't see why they wouldn't be, and Disney is making all that sweet, sweet cash. So, what else is going on in nerd news? Well, if you are a fan of Marvel TV, uh, more good news. They are looking to develop a show on ABC that would be a series focused on female superheroes. The untitled production will be uh, helmed by Wonder Woman writer Alan Heinberg. Uh, There's no uh, real details on the series yet, but they're looking at perhaps characters along the lines of A-Force, Lady Liberators, and Fearless Defenders. Of course, Marvel's television Jeff Loeb will have a huge part in this as well. So, we're getting superheroes all over the place. Lots of good Marvel stuff. Now, I love all of the Marvel movies. I'm in the bag for Marvel. My first love has always been DC because of Superman. I love Superman. I'm looking at my giant office wall of Superman comic book covers. I'm in the bag for Superman. I love Batman. But, as we know, the movies have not been awesome. However, we did get news recently that we're getting a Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie brought to you by Todd Phillips, who is the director uh, known for The Hangover. Those two things just don't seem to go together for me, in my opinion. And then they dropped some test footage of Joaquin Phoenix in his just street clothes for the character they're calling Arthur, and then in some of the clown makeup as the Joker. And they released a little bit of footage, and now there's some... Subway platform uh, footage that was released on TMZ from the set. And I got to tell you, I'm excited now. I didn't know that I wanted this Joker movie, but now I'm all hashtag clown for mayor. So go and check that out because I think that, I don't know. I, I didn't know that I wanted this movie, but now I'm all in. I hope that it's awesome. We'll see what happens. But we're getting a Joker movie. It's going to be outside of the interconnected DC universe. Um, You know, it's not going to be part of the Justice League stuff. It's not going to be all part of that, which who the hell even knows what's going on over there. We are getting Wonder Woman 1984 that's going to come out this summer. But beyond that, we know that we're getting Aquaman later this winter. But honestly, DC Extended Universe is in shambles pretty much. We don't know what's happening with Superman. Is Henry Cavill in? Is he out? All remains to be determined. But if you want to go see some of that uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker stuff, I uh, highly highly recommend going and taking a look. Let's jump back to uh, the MCU stuff for a second. So uh, one of my favorite websites to go to is Collider.com. They have a lot of great movie news. And they put up a list of five MCU characters who they think deserve their own TV series. So I'm going to read a couple of these. And and, um, then what I'd like is to hear who you think should have their own standalone series. The number one on Collider list is uh, Peggy Carter. Now, for those of you that may or may not be aware, there was actually an Agent Carter TV show on ABC. It got two seasons and 18 episodes. Uh, Haley Atwell was tremendous in it, but they think that they could do more, and they definitely could. You know, she had a huge, uh, a huge role in building Shield 
and we didn't get very much of that information. So that would be definitely awesome. How about a standalone series with Valkyrie? Valkyrie, uh, of course, is Tessa Thompson, who was in Thor Ragnarok, years after her formative time spent in the all-female Norse battle squad known as the Valkyries. Uh, But we just got just a tiny glimpse, and they could do so much with that character. And yes, she's bisexual. Who cares? Throw money at this. Because if they build, if they put a Tessa Thompson-backed Valkyrie show on the air, we are 100% in take my money territory. 100%. Also coming out of Thor Ragnarok was Korg, uh, vo- voiced by director of the uh, movie, uh, Taika Watiti. Dude, he's a bunch of rocks and he's awesome. How awesome would that be? How about Shuri? Uh, any one of the Black Panther series could be awesome. But uh, Shuri getting her own limited series, I think we could all get behind that. And finally, Bruce Banner. We get a Hulk TV show, finally. I think it would be awesome. So much you could do with that character. And he doesn't have to carry a whole movie by himself. I think you could get some great stuff out of that. And anytime we get more Hulk smashing of things, how can you not be on board with Hulk smashing things? For real. How could you not want to do that? So sound off to me on Twitter or send in your comments about who you think should have their own Marvel uh, standalone series on the uh, new Disney platform that they're going to create in 2019. Love to hear what you think. Last thing before we wrap up nerd news, and this is a little less nerdy and more just, I mean, it is, it's nerdy, but it's nerdy for a different reason. I love Tom Clancy books. I love the Jack Ryan series. I think I've read all of the books. They're pretty close. I've definitely seen all of the movies. Actually, today as we're recording this, I just finished watching uh, the Jack Ryan series on Amazon with uh, John Krasinski. Eight episodes. If I'm being completely honest, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I just felt like it was kind of just there. Like it could have been better. Overall, I'm excited that that character is on TV. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the second episode or the second season. So I'm looking forward to that. But news came out. Uh, late last week that Tom Clancy hero character John Clark is getting his own uh, franchise and that character will be played by none other than Michael B. Jordan. I love Michael B. I've been on the Michael B. bandwagon since I saw him on Parenthood. A lot of people ran on him from The Wire or from Friday Night Lights. I was a little little later to the party than a lot of people but earlier than most. Of course, he crushed it and Killmonger uh, in the Black Panther movie. It really sucks that he died in that movie because I really wish they could have done something where they could bring him back. But John Clark is a Navy SEAL who is a badass, turned a CIA operative. Uh, he's He was in 17 of Tom Clancy's novels, starting with uh, The Cardinal and the Kremlin. Apparently Paramount uh, has landed Jordan uh, to this by promising his own film franchise. So it looks like they're going to do Without Remorse, uh, and then Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six I've read, and I that's a movie I definitely would like to see. So I'm all for anything with Michael B., anything for Tom Clancy, definitely in Take My Money territory. So we'll see what happens. On that note, we're going to wrap it up for this edition of Just Another White Guys podcast, solo edition. This is the first time I've done a long-form solo edition of just another white guys podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I didn't initially set out to do this by myself. We're going to have guests on most of the time, but I wanted to challenge myself and see if I could put together a show 
that's just me just talking about things and see how it goes i i think it went okay i'll let you guys be the, the judge tell me how it went you can do all of those things by subscribing liking sending me a message to the email address jogpod at gmail.com follow the show you know how it all goes but uh i appreciate you t- taking the time to listen to this episode of just another white guys podcast i'm dustin jones always protect the five hole too much oh it hurt. Oh, it hurt. too much too much oh. it's too big it was too much